0: But now let's chat about an interesting foundation. Uh, the Torpe Foundation in collaboration with Cyclists for Change are launching something called Cycle for Literacy Campaign. We're joined by the program director at the Torpe Foundation, Ratabile Mashele Sonabare. Thanks very much for joining us, Ratabile.
1: Thank you for having me, John.
0: What is the Cycle for Literacy Campaign?
1: Um, it's a pilot project that we have taken on with a group of for fathers who've decided to support the Topra Foundation's mm-hmm. work, and essentially what it is is that they are going to be cycling from Ladysmith um, to Cape Town over four days, raising awareness about our work in early literacy and numeracy, and um, working in underserved schools. And we're hoping that through this campaign, we're able to generate enough traction to get funding support from partners and friends, mm-hmm. um, but also. Kind of uh, raise the critical awareness that early literacy is something that we need to be concerned about. So before South Africa can think about maths and science as being a crisis, if we're not addressing early literacy and numeracy at a very early age, we're never going to get the maths and science right. And we as an organization have a vested interest in making sure that young children are able to read and write and have the basic tools to navigate uh, primary school education.
0: Why cycling though?
1: Well that was their sport of interest. Okay. Um, and I guess, you know, they were it's what they do, it's what they're passionate about. And they that's yeah, it's their sport, they not
0: just it's, <laughs> I it's can't what say the, more than that it's a great sport, you see, it's also it's also a good way to raise money because I, I see one of the ways to do it is you can sponsor per kilometer cycle, which is always such a simple thing. If I cycle hundred Ks, I give a hundred bucks or something like that.
1: Yes, basically. Okay. And so, there's four of them, so you
0: can. Oh, you I see, mean, times <laughs> four. <Yeah. laughs> um, obviously, I think one of the important things is it's all very well teaching kids, but they, they need to eat. They need to get to the schools. Is that something that the Tope Foundation looks at as well?
1: Yes, yeah, so we're an after school program. Mm-hmm. So our, our, so our program extends the school day for children. So we work from grade and the small kids we work with during school.
0: You still there? Okay, no, sorry, we've lost you there. All right, Ratabila, we're going to have to wrap it up there. Thanks very much for that. Uh, let me find, uh, you, are you still there? I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, all right, So I thought we'd lost you. I need a website, please, where people can find out. I know you've got a hashtag for Cycle4Literacy, for but where can people find details?
1: So our website is www.thopfoundation.org. Nice and easy. And on there, there should be some information about our our work but as Mm. well as the campaign
0: I'm also excited to find out the route from Ladysmith to River. I think think it could be a more difficult ride if you tried
1: yes um, (laughs) I think they're adrenaline (laughs) junky
0: are you going to be riding it
1: Um, no unfortunately I'm not going to be riding it I'm not much of a sports a sports person, so but I will be supporting them along the
0: way. I dare you to get in a bike. All right, that's my challenge for you. Should we do this? All right, I've got a thousand bucks for you if you ride the last day with them. Um,
1: that might be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving a... birth on the last oh, day. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be taking part in a different kind right, of challenge. I, I tell you what, <laughs>
0: I'll give you ten million rand if you can ride that last. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I write
1: the last hour
0: with <laughs> no, no you, you can't <laughs> you'll be recovering and doing all those things. all right. well, congratulations <laughs> to you. Hope it all goes well then. oh, thank you
1: so much. <laughs>
0: Not to be a lesson about it. Thanks very much for joining us. The program director of the Torpe Foundation. Uh, As you heard, four days of cycling, 345 kilometers from the 31st of October. They're riding from Ladysmith to Kales River. Donovan Geisman, Sipilele Namfu, Isaac Martin, and Rafiq Collier are cycling those kilometers. There are ways that you can join in, so do go to their website, torpefoundation.org.
2: SAFM Sports Special with John Carica. There's no sport too small.
0: Brian Mitchell's in studio. How's it, Brian? Thank you. What's up, John? No, you know, I'm like, how's it here you, eh? you? You can't take your headphones off. You don't need them. Anyway, unless somebody phones in.
2: Okay, I don't need my headphones. No, either. you don't need okay, your
0: Okay, uh, You just got to hear my radio voice. You know, it's, it's the sexy one. <laughs> um, I've been told that I need to stream this as well. How are we going to do this on Facebook, Ben? Should we try and do this on Facebook? We'll try and stream this on Facebook. It's not the easiest thing uh, because I'm going to just be pointing a camera in your face.
2: Is that all right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, okay. How's things? Yeah, perfect. What are you doing now well, I'm the Golden Glove spokesperson. Uh, I'm a commentator at Supersport. I've got my own promotions company where I raise money for charities doing selling memorabilia at golf days. Okay. I guest speak, motivational speaking, lots of things. Do you still get punched in the face? No. Nah. No. You avoid that. Huh? I'm a manager. Now. You avoided
0: it when you were boxing as well then. I've didn't got you? a bit out the way. Yeah. <laughs> Are you coming to push? Are you coming to hold us? All right. So Bubs is in studio. I'm gonna. We're going to stream this live on SFM Radio's Facebook page. Um, so this is live. I'm going to type this in live with Brian Mitchell. There we go. Let's put that out there. And we hit go live. Three, two, one. Bubs is the camera person now. Good luck, Bubs. Thanks very much for doing it. It's live. No, oh because we're on the wrong camera. <laughs> Wait, we've got to press that button there. Why has it stopped working? Bubs has broken us. Brian, you know, you can't get good help these days. <laughs> um, w- while, we're, while we're sorting out. Okay, wait, I've broken. I pushed the wrong button. Uh, while we're doing that, let, I want to talk. Wait, it can't start it live. Why not? You carry on there, Bubs. Try and sort it out. All right, let's talk about the more important things. Let's go back to Brian Mitchell. Um, let, let's start. Where did you start? How did you
2: become a boxer? I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. How did I become a boxer? We were always on it. That's okay. what we did. Oh okay <laughs> Jeez, okay John, uh, I started a long time ago no, I was nine years old yeah. uh, I was born in Troyville Near Alice Park uh, Rugby Stadium Raised in Malvern My father was a South African boxing champion mm. When I was a year old Back in 1962 He won the South African Bantamweight title In his third fight Which is a record in that division And yeah, at nine years old That's what I wanted to do Although my mom and dad were divorced At an early age And I'm an only child Right but that's uh, all I wanted to do. I boxed 10 years amateur. I boxed 15 years as a pro. And my whole life has been the fight game. Today I'm a, I'm a manager. I've been involved with Rodney Berman's promotions. Uh, you know, I'm a spokesperson. Uh, I'm a manager of fighters. I've been a trainer. I've done it all.
0: You have. And I was just having a you look. You, you've been inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame back in 2009. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia, unless you wrote this, right, <laughs> uh, says, uh, paid, uh, 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 <laughs> Many South consider him the country's
2: greatest ever pugilist. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's 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 an honor and it's a, such a huge compliment because it's such a tough sport. And I think we all work. Uh, to, you know, when you become a young fighter, you want to be a SA champion, mm. and then you want to be a world champion. And I think achieved all that. I retired as an undefeated 14-time world champion, and I'm proud to be the only South African in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, the only South African boxer. Stan Christodoulou is a referee and judge in the Hall of Fame with me. And he's a good friend of mine. And the two of us are in the International Boxing Hall of Fame in America.
0: You were boxing during those dark days of apartheid. Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't fight locally. This, I, I know you were at Sun City for a mm. bit. And even that was difficult to get people.
2: Yeah. You, you know what, what a lot of people don't realize? Back in the 80s, we'd already t- broken the barrier, the, the racial barrier of going. I was fighting in the townships in the early 80s, 82, 83. Jacob Maraki, I fought in, in, in Seba King. He beat me. In fact, the only fight I ever lost as a pro and then I fought Jacob Maraki in Soweto as well. And I fought a lot of guys in Soweto. And when I wasn't fighting Jacob Maraki, who was from Soweto, I was the king in Soweto. <laughs> I was this little white kid getting carried around by my black friends on their shoulders, mm. beating up a black guy from the free state <laughs> order. So it was awesome days. And, you know, Francois Pina and Nelson Mandela were unbelievable what mm-hmm. they did. Mm. But that was in 95. And I say we did it in the 80s already. We'd broken the racial barrier. So f- from boxing point of view, there was never racism, there was never apartheid, and yeah, I was fighting in the townships in my early days.
0: You had to do a lot of traveling around the world as well
2: yeah well within well, the, the ugly head of, of politics uh, got involved as it does in, in basically in all our lives and in eighty six when I won the world title at Sun city, I knocked out of Frida Lane from Panama, I was w b a champion and um i was they wanted to strip me of the title because I firstly because i was a, I was a South African and I was a white South African. I took the WBA to court. I won the court case, but meaning I could keep my title because I'd won it fair and square, but no world title fights anywhere in South Africa, not mm. Papua Botswana, mm. not Swaziland, nowhere in Africa, really, because of the sanctions. So it was myself and Zola Bud on the road. She was doing England. I was doing the whole world. <laughs> and there yeah, it was lucky like I was the only South African carrying the flag, really, you know, in my fight camp. We weren't competing internationally with anything. Mm. So mm. I, had, I had I had a big flag to, to carry on my shoulders and I loved it, and I enjoyed it. It was just sad that I couldn't fight at the great Ellis Park, the great Loftus, the great Sun City in my own country. Mm. Uh, do you, How different
0: – I mean, obviously, your, your experience has built you. It's who you are. And you know, do you think you might have had it too easy if if you had been able Lots of guys coming here.
2: Yeah, you know, just we don't know in hindsight. You know, I, I, like I said, I would love to have fought in my own country, but I earned more money fighting overseas. <laughs> I earn the U.S. dollar. Right. But I had to go into all my opponents' backyards, and that's why I earned more money. And I think that's why I'm in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. I I think that's cemented it for me. Mm. So, you know, who knows? If I I had a lot of world title fights in South Africa, like the great Viani Bungu, uh, who had 13 world title fights in South Africa, he's not in the Hall of Fame, and he's not even mentioned for the Mm. Hall of Fame. So that possibly did cement it for me.
0: 49 fights, 45 wins, 21 knockouts. There's that one loss.
2: Yeah, Jacob Maraki. And that it is, it's such a, he's such a huge part of my career. Mm. Because he's the only guy to ever beat me, and, and, and I, I never lost as, as a champion. I lost for the Transvaal title those years. That's now the Gauteng title. Mm. And then he lost to the South African champion, Chris Whiteboy, and then I knocked out Chris Whiteboy. So now I was the SA champion. Now he fought me as the Transvaal champion, then I beat him, Maraki. And then I beat him three times after that. And unfortunately, in our fourth fight at Sun City in 1984, I uh, knocked him out in the 12th round, and mm. he passed away the same night. So sure. so what a huge part of, of my career. Yeah, He has a guy who became my friend, who the only guy to ever beat me. Mm. I hated him for beating me. Then I loved him as a sporting partner, as a friend, and I dedicated the world title belt to him when I won it. So that was the saddest moment of my career. But, mm. but the rest was really a, a great journey. It, it, it sounds like... And I always
0: imagine a box is a very difficult thing to do. I mean, besides the yeah. training, which is difficult at the best of times, you need to uh, you need to get hit in the head, and then you, yeah. what, you, you only fight twice a year. The recovery.
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. Yeah, people say to me, "What is your hardest fight? Your first amateur fight when you're nine years old is is terrifying. Your first South African title fight when you when you're a young guy fighting for Springbok colours is terrifying. You have know, to get the colours. Mm. Having your first pro fight with a vest on when you're 19 years old. Your first South African title fight as a pro. Your world title fight, I mean, that's terrifying. Mm. So every single fight is tough. And then when you're defending your world title, everybody wants to knock your head off. <laughs> and the fight game is really, very, very tough. There's a lot of things that people don't know. Us little guys in in the lighter weight divisions, you've got to make the weight. So I was taken off eight, nine kilos for every fight. Yes. And you've got to be strong. You've got to get in the ring and get hit by mm. somebody. Yeah. Mm. And, and you're getting hit by somebody that can fight in a world title fight. So you're pulling weight, and you've got to take it off gradually so you can be strong. So for three months, I would weigh like 68 kilos after a fight. Then I'd be 66 kilos, and then I'd, two weeks later, I'd be 64 kilos, and then 62. Sure. And by the time I got to 61, I was dead, mm-hmm. and I had to get to 59. You're kidding. And I had to get in the ring and fight 15 rounders at 59. <laughs> so it's, it's not just two guys that get in the ring and hit each other. Mm. There's a lot behind it, like... Like Bruce for us, who train for comrades. Like the great cyclists, would for, for cycling or anything or tennis. There's a lot of preparation. It's not just punching each other.
0: Boxing has done a lot from when you were from when you were champion and world famous uh, to where it is now. It's gone through a very dark times in South Africa. Would you say we're coming out of that now? Yes,
2: I think we are. You know, it's gone through dark times worldwide because in the 70s you had the great Muhammad Ali, you had Foreman, you had Norton. You had Liston, you had all those, those big mm-hmm. names, uh, 60s and 70s. And then in the 80s, internationally, you had Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard, I love him, he's my era. Leonard Hagler, Hearns, Duran. In South Africa, you had Khalid Kutsia, Khalid Errol Engant, Bella, Baby <laughs> yeah. Jake, Brian Mitchell. <laughs> sure. we, you had, you had those characters. Mm. So we went through a bit of a dip, but there's a lot of young, good guys coming through the ranks. And of course, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao carried yeah. the flag in international boxing. And there's a guy called uh, Triple G Golovkin, a Russian, who's now seriously great fighter.
0: You mentioned Manny and Floyd, and I want to bring mm. that up, because they seem to be getting paid a lot of money to yeah. sort of look at each other a lot.
2: Yeah, it's, it's almost Monopoly money, but, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, what, what the Tiger Woods deserve to be a billionaire in dollars. Did, yeah. um, did Michael Schumacher, did, did anybody, you yeah. know, it, yeah. it's so... I I believe that a guy like Floyd Mayweather is worth $1.3 billion. But he was always going to be rich anyway. The best in the world are always going to be super rich. So It doesn't matter how much you you give them or don't give them. Mm. Uh, Because the whole world, if you want to watch golf and Tiger Woods is playing, guaranteed you're you're going to put your TV on. If Floyd Mayweather is fighting, love him, hate him, you're going to watch him. Mm. And Mm. Manny Pacquiao. So, yeah, the guys deserve those big, those big play days.
0: Locally, have we got talent that's coming up? I know you're putting on an event,
2: Sue. Yeah, we've got a big show at, at Empress Palace on the 22nd of October, the Golden Glove Show, and it's called Southpaw Showdown, because, okay. yeah, most of the guys are on, on the show at, are Southpaws. I mean, you, you got DJ Clear fights near Lasani Tagumbegi in an eight-round rematch. Great fight. The last fight was controversial. DJ Clear was down twice, losing, coming back to win. Sure. And then he stopped his guys, so that's a rematch. And then you got Sia Bonga Sia, brilliant fighter. Only one loss. He fights Heki Butler. Heki Butler's okay, come yeah. off a loss. Heki Butler's brilliant, three-time mm-hmm. world champion. Needs to redeem himself against a good fighter like Sia Bonga Sia. And then you got uh, Chris Van Huren's back from America now. He was training with Manny Pacquiao. Okay. He's going to fight again on the Golden Glove shows. He's back in South Africa. And he fights Saki Shikakutu. And he's uh, for the WBA Pan-African welterweight title. And that's over twelve rounds. And then Mickey Nielsen, Kevin Arena—that's the big one. That's the Super Four final. Mm. And they—they both Southpaws. Mickey Nielsen from Denmark, twenty-two and zero, sure. great fighter, good puncher. Beat Johnny Miller last time in South Africa. And Kevin Arena lost once to Johnny Miller, as avenged that fight, knocked Johnny Miller out. And that's his only loss. He's sixteen and one. So yeah, big exciting stuff. The Southport showdown on the twenty second of October.
0: We'll go through that again. You know what I love about boxing is the the background stories. It's not you know, I always you know when you watch Formula One, for example. Yeah, you know the drivers they got a bit of background, but it's mm. about the race start to finish. Mm. Whereas boxing, it's this. It's like watching a soap opera.
2: Yeah, it's it's you know like, like my girlfriend Charlene is with us in the studio now. She's she's learning about the game as well because. Yeah. It's it's people that don't know outsiders like I said, you know, mothers don't want their sons to fight. <laughs> yeah. But it's not about two guys getting in the ring and just punch each other. Mm-hmm. Boxing is is it's an art of self defense, it's it's incredible discipline and dedication to your task. Mm. And those you see two you don't get a better body than than two boxes that are really in shape anywhere in the world. Unless yeah. you're looking at a big yeah. bodybuilder. Yeah. But a lean, mean cut body, boxers have the greatest bodies and have worked very really hard to be there. And yeah, there's a lot You know, most boxers come from the doldrums They come from poor families I still today, don't know. I've been in boxing for 45 years 46 years mm. I don't have any fighter that come from money, big money And has won a world title So it's all guys that have struggled and come through the hard roads
0: Yeah, I was just thinking I watched that um, the documentary of Muhammad Ali again And George Foreman in mm. the Rumble in the Jungle I watched yeah. that the other day uh, When it was the anniversary of his death yes. And it was just fascinating to watch the effort That you go to, they're, they're in Africa now And this totally foreign environment for these Americans And just the training and the sweating And the hard work, and you didn't think that Somebody like Muhammad Ali would have
2: to do that I mean, yeah. He was
0: at the peak of his form at the
2: time Yeah, well, well I mean, Muhammad Ali had to do it Otherwise George Foreman would not <laughs> be there. Nice. Yeah. You know, you, you're you fighting the big George Foreman And he could fight And that that was a great fight, a lot of uh, people said You know, people say Fights are, uh, are fixed You know, like they, they thought Foreman uh, took a dive there with Mama and Ali. Yeah. You, you don't take a dive. You know, like, let's say you the great Mike Tyson, yeah. you, you're going to get $10 million when you win. So you don't need to take a dive for $1 million dollars or anything. Okay. You yeah. want to win. Boxing yeah. is not fixed.
0: Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. I want to get I believe we got to, can you put your headphones on now, just to make sure? I think we got call a caller for you. What's the caller's name? Uh, Fa- Faisal. Hi, I can't, can't hear you? it. And it's still, hi there. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're just making sure the Brian can hear you. Are you there. Can you hear it? Yeah. Uh, how's it, Faisal? Go for it. Okay, Brian, it's so nice to hear. I I was your
1: great, great fan. I was there on the night at the Super Bowl when you won the title. It was absolutely electrifying. And it changed everything in boxing in South Africa. And we were so proud and so happy that night. I would never forget that night all my life.
2: Thank you, Faisal. Uh, You're giving your age away. Oh, really,
1: really. It was so electrifying. you. You know, I was there watching that fight. And, uh, how you did it was absolutely mm-hmm. amazing, man. I can feel the nervous tanks to as yeah. you were knocking the guy out, him hitting, hitting the, canvas the canvas to make sure you knock him down. And eventually yeah. <laughs> it happened and he was absolutely in awe, jumping for joy as well.
2: Thank you, Faisal. Yeah, in fact, um, two weeks ago on the 27th of September, I celebrated my 30th anniversary of that Alfredo Lane fight. So it's a whole lifetime ago, but Thanks for your support, yeah, It was. But over was the years, we always speak about it
1: some
0: way or the other. What a fight! Thank <laughs> you so much, Brian. Uh, uh, it's right. a pleasure, Thanks.
2: Faisal. Thank you.
0: Thanks for phoning in, Faisal. Brian, uh, when you look back at your, uh, uh, let's no wait. I want to talk about the future, future of South boxing. You mentioned all these left-handers, which is great news. Uh, hmm. You say that we've got world champions, have we got them lined up yet?
2: We we, we do. You know, we've at, at, boxing is like you said, it's, it's gone through a phase. You, we haven't had those great personalities worldwide. But there's, there's a lot of I see a lot of talent in the gyms now because I'm a boxing manager as mm-hmm. well, and the trainers found me to come and watch the youngsters because they they, they want my opinion to see if I want to manage the guys. And there's a lot, lot of talent coming through. They really, really, even England boxing, in fact, in the UK, yeah. the UK was always way behind America, and they've, they've, they've caught up. America, UK boxing, England boxing is strong now. And with a guy like Roddy Berman, who's, who's 73 years old and he's still like a 13 year old, <laughs> he, he'll keep boxing going in this country.
0: It's been great having you in, Brian. Unfortunately, it's all the time we have for, and uh, we've apologies from our producer. He says we should add you for the hour. It'll <laughs> be great. So Thank give you, us John. 22nd of October, big event happening at Empress Palace.
2: Yeah, Empress We're Palace. It's a uh, box and dine. In fact, it's sold out, Okay but it will be live on Super Sport Your World, the Champions. I'll be doing commentary. And so, those that can't make it to the fight, listen to the fight, watch the fight. Right. And yeah, it's going to be a brilliant uh, tournament. Mickey Nielsen versus Kevin Arena in the Super Four final.
0: Brian Mitchell, our legend in studio yes. on the Sunday afternoon. Thanks very much for popping Thank in. you, John. You're with SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. That interview will be up on Facebook. The quality might not be the best in the world, but uh, that interview will be up on Facebook. If you go there now to the SAFM radio website, facebook.com slash SAFM radio, and you'll see that interview up there. We, we had a couple of restarts, but if you press play, you can see that interview now.